Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amen. God's faithful. Hey, what about them Jayhawks? I thought Pastor Michelle was going to go there this morning. Did anybody watch the game? A few. A few, Christy. I know Brother Kevin did. I've seen his post. I'm posting, you know. That was an awesome game. And I was so tired. I had worked on my house. I had worked at school packing stuff because I'm, re- I'm packing. I'm ready Amen. to be home. And uh, Monday night after school, you know, the, the Hogs had lost. They lost in the Elite Eight. So we were excited they made it that far. So I had people at work rooting for the Jayhawks. You know, they were, <laughs> they were singing, Rock, Chuck, Jayhawk, K-U, right? They were singing it with me down the hallway. <laughs> They're like, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. I said, all right, we need it. I, you know, come, it, I didn't even make it to halftime. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, Lord. And we were getting whooped. I mean whooped. Had anybody ever been whooped before? <laughs> Mama. We were being whooped. And uh, we were 16 down. And I, my eyes were closing. I'm like, Lord, I can't make it. My flesh was saying, go to bed. And in my sport spirit, <laughs> I'm like, they're going to Patrick Mahomes this thing, right? I'm like, they're, if I go to bed, I'm going to miss it. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't go to bed, right? Well, they were 16 points down. And... Uh, by the time halftime came, they were 15 points down. Everybody in the world counted them out, except for Jayhawkers and Charles Barkley. I don't know if you know who Charles Barkley is. And he was getting nervous when they, all the commentators were talking, and he had been saying from the day one of the tournament that Jayhawks are going to win. I'm like, Charles, I like you. And... Uh, he, he, they were all saying, you know, North Carolina, they got it. There's no way they're coming back. The Jayhawks aren't, aren't playing like they're supposed to. And Charles said, if anybody can do it, the Jayhawks can. But he wasn't very convincing. <laughs> and in my flesh, I'm like, I just need to go to bed. They've lost. But, you know, I'm thinking of Patrick Mahomes and how he plays that second, you know, second half of the game. I'm like, they're going to do it, just like Patrick. So I stayed up. My stepmom started texting me and encouraging me to stay away. <laughs> but I thought for a minute, I thought, what is Bill Self going to say to them in the locker room? Is he going to throw something? Is he going to cuss them out? What will he say as their leader to them, right? What is he going to say to them? Does anybody ever think of that? Like, how is he going to? get them back in the game. I mean, because we were being whooped. I mean, it was sad. No three-pointers, nothing. No rebounds, nothing. And I was thinking, what is he going to say to them? And so I Googled it, you know, later, find out what he said. And all he said was, 
we can do better. He said, we are better than this. Bill Self was establishing something, you know, and that's pretty much all he said. He said a couple other things about the, the, the points, but he didn't say anything else he said. All he said is, we can do better. We are better than this. And there was a senior player, I don't know his last name, his first name is Travis. And he, someone know? You know? Okay. So, all right, I believe you. <laughs> uh, he said to his teammates, he said, we can either go out there and lay it all out on the court, or we can continue to roll over and let them win. And then one by one, in that locker room, they started speaking to each other and telling each other, listen, I can start rebounding better. I can start making those, uh, those three-pointers, right? I can do better on defense. They started talking to each other left and right. Amen? And the next thing you know, when they came out on that court, they had the greatest, and I mean the greatest, it is documented, record, the greatest comeback in NCAA tournament ever. Not only did they come back, but they won the tournament. Then they set a record of 70,000 people in the crowd after the game. And I, you know, I'm posting, look at, look at them Jay, Jayhawks down there in Lawrence. Made me want to drive up here and be in there. But it made me think, the world counted them out, right? I, my flesh was count. I don't know about y'all. I, I, I'll say it. I was, there's no way. But they encouraged themselves. They, they started saying what they knew, right? They started saying what they believed was true. They knew what's true. Bill Self says we are better than this. So they started saying things that they knew was true about themselves. And they came back. Now, I don't know how many of you all played sports, but when you're down like that, it's hard to come back. It is. But if you have the right state of mind, you can come back. And it reminded me of a story in the Bible, a true story in the Bible. And so, first Samuel, so let's go there. First Samuel. And chapter 30. It's a familiar story, but let's make the connection. Chapter 30. And let's start, let's start in verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, and that the Amal oh, excuse me, Amalekites had invaded the south and, and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And had taken women captive that were therein, and they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came into the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Verse 4, And David and his people that were with him lifted up their voice, and they wept until they had no more power to weep, right? Now, that's a far cry from the Jayhawks. The Jayhawks that don't even com compare to what David was going through at that time, right? 
But it makes me see the hardship that was that they were facing. And as Pastor Michelle said this morning, hardship comes. I mean, things happen. This is life, right? It happens. But we can look here and see what God can do. We can look here and see what this example of a man on earth has done, and we can follow that example. I don't know about all you, but I watch people and how they handle things. I watch Pastor Michelle all the time. <laughs> uh, how's she going to handle this one? Sometimes people come up here with some good stuff. You know, you're like, wow, I've never heard that before, that prayer request or that situation. I'm like, well, how's she going to handle that? Where's she going to pull the rabbit out of her hat? Well, it's not really a rabbit out of her hat. She's learned. She's found out. She's learned to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. She might not think she knows it in, in, her, in her mind, but she knows she has built her spirit man up to, and has practiced following the Holy Spirit that she can get to that answer for somebody. Amen? Uh, let's read uh, verse 4. And David and his people... Okay, I read that. Let's go down to verse 5. And David's two wives were taken captive. And uh, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed. That's, a, that's an extreme word, right? He was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. I don't know why I laugh there every time. But I'm thinking, I've never had anybody want to stone me before. That's been pretty serious business, right? And we look at our life, and, and, and sometimes we go through some things we don't think we're ever going to see our way out of it. But then there's some things that they're just not that big of a deal. I don't, I'm not speaking about you. I'm just going to talk about myself. But some, sometimes I get over in the flesh and make it a bigger deal than what it is. But nobody wanted to stone me over it, <laughs> right? Now, <clears throat> I've also been through things that they were pretty pretty deep or pretty stressful or pretty uh, um, extreme. And, you know, it, I, in the flesh it felt like it was hard to even breathe or I was drowning, you know. But let's read on. And David was greatly distressed for the people, sorry, for the people spake of stoning him. I just can't. <laughs> because I, I'm laughing at myself for making a big deal about stuff when I read that because nobody has threatened to stone me, right? And I'm thinking, you made a big deal about that. You weren't David. Because their souls of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David was distressed. David had cried so hard he didn't have any more cry left in him. And it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. If you don't have that highlighted, I'm going to wait and let you have a chance to do it. That should be something that edifies you. Yes. 
okay? That should be something that shows you that, wait a minute, David did something here. He did, this is the very moment things started to turn in his life. The very second he started to encourage himself in the Lord, the situation started to turn. And if you're in a place right now that you're thinking, I can't move another step. I can't conquer another hill. You need to stop and say, God, just like David did, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Because I'm going over this hill. I'm going to win this battle, right? That's when it's time to turn. Over the last couple years, this world and ourselves have been through stuff. Personally, right? Uh, Physically. Some of us had to fight, you know, a serious sickness. I remember Debbie calling me. She's like, pray for my daughter. Call her. Christy had COVID. She was so... She was so sick, and I did. I picked up the phone, and I called her and spoke words of life. She needed to hear it, right? She needed to hear that she was the healed of God. Now, Debbie was saying the same thing, but we were in agreement. And so we we went through some stuff, you know, not just COVID, but personal stuff. We went through it. And, And some days I thought it was the fight of my life. But then I'm reminded of David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And after I faced a situation one day, you know, one day here or one day there, as soon as I got to myself, I was lifting my hands. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. You have been so good to me. God, I thank you that you make me the victor over this situation. I thank you, you you bring me out ahead. Amen? I was encouraging myself in the Lord. And things start to turn. And every time I would face a a challenge or a battle this last year, I would raise my hand and praise the Lord. I wanted to yell. I wanted to scream. I wanted to throw things. My flesh, I did. Right? You want to punch the wall? Right? Not me. I never wanted to do that. (laughs) Speaking to the men. Buzz, it hurts, yes, Buzz. I don't know, but Buzz, I'll take your word for it. But instead, my flesh was screaming, but my spirit was strong. And it said, raise your hands and give glory to God. Give your, raise your hands and shout. There was one time I was dancing through my living room, amen? God made a way for me this last year when I didn't... When in my flesh didn't see and I had to declare some things. Sam was living with me, my son Sam. I said, listen, I'm a tither. It is given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Will God cause someone out there to give me what I need? Three days later, God did that. More than enough. More than enough. Extra. Amen? But my flesh was like, how am I going to do this? You know, my eyes were like this. How am I going to get out of that? But my spirit man rose up. Sam's like, Mom, I know, I know. So listen to me, Sam. I'm declaring something, and you're going to hear it because you're the one I'm talking to. Got it? You're here. Stand right there. He was in the hallway, and I said, Stand right there because i got to declare something. You're my witness. He's like, Okay, Mama. And I did. He said, I agree. 
Well, yes, you buried with me. <laughs> God is faithful. Amen. Abraham found him faithful Hallelujah. to do exactly what he promised. Has he promised you something? Yes. Then he's faithful to do it. Amen. Amen? Amen? Don't let our flesh get out of control and start speaking to us. We speak to our flesh. I'm in control. My spirit man is in control of my flesh. Lord, help me over chocolate. <laughs> I got that, that was just God just telling me right there. You need, you know. <laughs> the Easter bunny has visited my house. Somebody <laughs> needs to shoot that Easter bunny. <laughs> I'm gonna say it too loud. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> huh. Praise God. Anyway, let's read on. Praise God. <laughs> All right. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> now, we know the hardship comes. We know. It's life. God said, you know, that he's going to bring us out of it all. But we need to recognize, as Pastor Michelle said this morning, it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? The Bible says that he comes, uh, it tells us to be sober, be vigilant, for, for the devil it comes like a, like a roaring lion. He's not a lion, but he comes like one, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I read a, a, a book from uh, Rick Renner, and, you, you know, he breaks every, every word down. I mean, you really have to have some time and patience to read his stuff and clear head, everything turned off. And I, I'm one of those that study with the radio on, the TV on, you know. But when I read something of, of Rick Renner's, I really have to shut everything down. But I, I'm just going to go in a little detail here. He said the word devour, when, when a lion eats its prey, kills it, right, destroys it into pieces, and the word devour there means like he's lapping up the remains and the blood and every he's lapping it up. That's what the word devour mean, devour means. That's pretty intense, right? So if we look at that and look at what the devil he doesn't want to just stop you. He wants to devour every every speck of you. Because if he leaves a speck of you, that one speck's going to rise up and praise the Lord. Right? It's going to give God the glory. And put the devil in his place. Amen. There was many times this last year I've had to say, I see you devil over there. I see what you're trying to do. That's not going to work. Sometimes we just have to look. I, I, I see you. I see what you're trying to make me think. I see what you're trying to make somebody else do. Pastor Michelle just said this morning, it's not the person. It's the enemy. Right? Amen. I see what you're saying. It's not going to work on me, right? I teach first grade now. I used to teach kindergarten. Now I teach first grade. And i got a couple little sneaky kids in my class. I love them. <laughs> but I'm like, what you doing over there? Nothing. <laughs> or no, they don't even say that. They just like, what are you doing? Open your mouth and talk to me. What are you doing? <laughs> now when we had mask on, I'm like, I can't hear you. You got your mask on. And then they take their mask down. Open your mouth. 
didn't tell them. So then they would tell me nothing. And sure enough, they were doing it. I said, I saw you. I saw you do that. And a lot of times, I'm not calling my children the devil, but a lot of times we need to look at the devil and say, I saw what you just did. Point him out. Call him out. Don't be afraid to call him out. Okay? Now, if someone acts a fool or somebody does something or, you know, those words come out of their mouth that they don't mean to say or, you know, don't call them the devil. Wait till you get in the car and say, devil, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to use my friend against me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not playing that game. I love that person. Right? When that bill comes in, I, I see what you're doing there. That's not happening. We had electricity, um, February's bill. It's the most expensive bill I've ever had. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world is this? There's just me in the house. How is this? My heater last year was set on 72, Lord help us. I got it down on 68 now, right? And it's just me. I'm in one room. Everything else is turned off. You know, I, I have two loads of laundry a week. How did, my, how did my bill get over $300 for one month? I called them. They're like, well, let us check. They come back. We're not seeing anything here. I said, this is the most expensive bill I've ever had. Well, you know we had those few cold days. Now, we know in Arkansas a few cold days <laughs> is like 10 degrees. It's not minus 10 like it is here. I said, yeah, we had, you know, we had a week of cold days last year. My bill wasn't this high, and there was three people in my house. What's going on? And my heater was set at 72 then. And she said, well, you might need to see an electrician. Well, then one by one in the city, people's bills are $150 more than they should be. All over for the last two months. And now the mayor's stepping in. He's like, our, our resource officer, he's like, Officer Frankie, I want you on the committee. He said, I'm going to be on the committee. And, you know, I'm moving up here, and my friend said, don't throw your bills away because they're going to give us a rebate. I said, yes, they are. I said, you call me, let me know. I'll turn my paper in. I want my rebate. <laughs> right? <clears throat> well, I'm not angry. But I'm going to stand up and fight, right? They gave us no notice. They didn't tell anybody. They raised a lot of people in town's bill, 30%, without telling anybody. They're, by law, they're supposed to tell you, and they did it. So I got some money coming, amen. <laughs> Rebates and returns, amen. Yeah, right. So I don't need to freak out. I just paid the bill. And, you know, I'm in the process of saving money. I'm in the process of building up my retirement. And I, I'm not fretting. I'm not freaking out. I'm not going to wring my hands and say, oh no, i got to pay an extra $150. Where is this going to happen? Don't go there. Don't allow the enemy to take you there. Right? We look at these mighty men and they were ready to stone David. <clears throat> they could not see the victory at all. They were ready to stone him. I, when I was studying for this, I was thinking, Brother Buzz, Brother Buzz, you remember that song where you said, "Don't let the devil drive, or don't let the devil ride," because if you let him ride, what is he going to do? He'll want to drive, so don't let him drive. 
don't let the devil ride. I don't know how it goes. But I remember Buzz singing that. You remember? Because if you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. Don't let him ride. And that's what we do a lot of times. We just buckle him right on in. Sometimes we scoot over and say, hey. We do it without really realizing we are doing it. We, when we allow our flesh to take over, when we allow our flesh to get in fear or be angry or be um, worried or scared, we're allowing the devil to ride. And if we keep at it, he's going to drive that situation home. Right? But we don't let him ride. <laughs> I used to sing this song when I was a kid. Uh, roll the gospel chariot along the way. You know, we'd, we'd get in a circle and roll that gospel chariot. And if a sinner's in the way, we will stop and pick him up. Grandma's in the way, we will stop and pick her up. Right? But if the devil was in the way, we would run right over him. <laughs> and we did. Take him out. 50 points for the devil right there. Ride him over. Because if you let him ride, he's going uh, to want to drive. But those mighty men, they were ready to stone him. And, you know, I've seen Christian people get so angry. And I'm like, why are you so angry? Like, that is venom coming out of you. Where is your joy? Where is your peace? They're letting the devil drive. Right? They're not finding their victory. They're not holding on to their joy and peace. And yes, life is hard. But we're victorious. God didn't call us to, to live in the slumps. He didn't call us to, to barely get by. He didn't call us to be in misery. He called us to be joyful. I get in this church, and there, I hope there's a constant joy on my face when I visit. Because I just love being here. You know? We are gathered together in one mind and one accord, worshiping the almighty God who has been so good to us. Right? And sometimes we get to church and people... This is where joy happens, people. This is where the answers come, people. Right? We should be sitting on the edge of our seat. And Aaron's ready like he's. We should be sitting on the edge of our seat ready to receive because that's where I get my answers. I endeavor to be a source of joy for you all. And if I'm not, you have the right to tell me you're grumpy, okay? But I want to be. There's too many out there telling you can't. I'm going to tell you you can because God said I can. Right? If you've got a dream that God placed in your heart, now listen, I said a dream that God placed in your heart, okay, not your neighbor, not your neighbor's idea because that's contagious sometimes. Well, my neighbor, you know what he did? Well, did God tell you to do that? If he did, then go, run with it. But you better make sure it's God. I will, I will cheer you on every step of the way. I'm thinking about changing my middle name. <laughs> I thought about that today. I'm like Marie Joy Price. Hey Amen. Might as well just call me that. 
because I want you to know that God said you can. And if it's the will of God for your life, it will happen if you step into it. Who cares if they want to stone you? Who cares what they have to say about you? Who cares if they say you go to church too much? This has changed my life. I have not been the same since I stepped through those doors in 1989. I have not been the same. Actually, Kathleen's mom Christmas caroled my house. Sister Jean, God love her, Buzz, you were probably there. I lived in an old shack house down by the river, poor, rain come flooding in. I probably had just got high with Larry, who knows, had a baby in the other room, knock comes on the door, and we usually say, come on in, right? Remember those days? And nobody came in. So I opened the door, and there's the whole church bus and church people. Singing Christmas carols. And when they left, Sister Jean came and gave me a hug and said, I love you. I miss you. I hope to see you in church. I said, yes, ma'am. And I sat down and I, Larry was in the kitchen doing something. I said, I should, I should be there. And he said, well, go, go, Christmas carol with him. But I was saying something in the spirit. No, I need to be right with God. And the next day when he went off to, to work, I got up out of bed and I knelt on my floor and gave my heart to the Lord. And I started coming to church on Sunday. Then I started coming to church on Wednesday. And then I started coming to church on, on, on Sunday night. Then I started coming to church for prayer meeting on Monday. And then whatever revival we had or whatever situation was going on, I was in church. Right, Ronnie? We were in church. Amen. But God changed my life here. Right? Changed it. Never been the same. I had a lot of baggage, right? Or you probably did too, right? But God changed your life in Ellsworth, Kansas. Changed it. Never be the same. Because we're on the winning side. And so when those hardships come, we got to do exactly what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He was greatly distressed. They were talking of stoning him. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. He made a burnt offering. And then it says that he inquired of the Lord. Verse 8. So David inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after these troops? Now me, I'm like, well, no, Doug, go get them. Right? Go, let's go. You... (laughs) Let's do it. Pastor said, okay, we're going to do this. I'm like, let's do it. I used to not always be that way. I'd be like, okay, Pastor, now what about this? And what about that until he told me to shut up? And now I listen and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And Pastor, once God tells him to do something, it's changed that day. Like then isn't six months from now. If he said, listen, I want to rip out this wall over here. Yes, sir. When do you want to do that? Today. Uh, well, okay. We had a camera stand right there that Chris Lockhart made, and everything that Chris Lockhart made was at least a half a ton in weight. <laughs> Pastor said, I want to get that camera stand out of here. And Miss Karen would get up there and run that camera. You remember, She would run that camera for 
couple of years she did that camera, and we they'd heist her up there because it stood about this tall. Pastor said, let's get out there. And we're like, okay. So here's Kathleen, me, Pastor Michelle, I think probably our kids that were like 10, and Pastor, and I thought I broke every bone in my body trying to carry that thing out. It was so heavy because Pastor said, I want it gone. He didn't wait for the guys to show up. We moved it, right? That's, that's our attitude. When things happen, that's our attitude that we have to have is it's done now. I'm not putting up with this another day. I'm not going to listen to the devil. How long are you going to listen to him talk? Shut him up right then, right? Listen, I said that you need to leave. Get on out of here. Christy, Christy always gets nervous. When Pastor first came to this church, he ran the devil out of this, out of this church. He, we, this was an open aisle right here, and I think he had a cover cloth or something. And he ran it, he ran it out or something. Well, Christy was getting curious, and her and her boyfriend at the time, were you peeking in the window or peeking back there? I don't know what you were doing. They were out there, and out comes, out runs somebody. I don't know who it was. He sent somebody to run them out. And Christy's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think you were with Travis or something at that time. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's standing on the outside looking in. <laughs> We had a few of those people. Uh, <laughs> Christy came on in, though. Amen? Amen. But we got to run him off. We, we, we don't need to put up with him another day. So anyway, David, he, he inquired of the Lord. And in verse 19, it said that he, he recovered all. And he required of the Lord, shall I go pursue them and take them over? And in our natural, we think that's the right thing to do. But if God told him not to, they would all his possessions and all his wives and children, they would have been returned. God would have made a way even if they didn't go pursue. But he, he asked God anyway, knowing that he had the manpower and the capability, right? He asked him anyway, what do you want me to do? And I feel, and I know myself, I do this. I don't stop to inquire from the Lord sometimes because I think I know what's best. And I have to purposely stop and ask him, what would you want me to do? I'm applying for jobs up here. And there was one job that came up and I'm like, that's the one I want. You know, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Like, that's it right there. Everybody pray. That's the one. And I had all Clarksville Primary School praying for that job. And I'd get on there every day and look, it's still there. I emailed the principal and said, hey, I'm interested. This is the reason why I think I'm a good fit for this, this school. And um, sent her the email. And then on Monday night, the job was still there. I started to make my declaration. Lord, I am thankful that this job, I named the school, I named the grade, this is my job. And before I ever got the verse out, I thank you, Lord, that you give me the desire, the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, did you ask God if that was your job? And I said, God, whatever job you want me to have, that's the one I'll have. If this is not it, 
Okay, I'll be happy. I changed my direction. What do you want me to have? That's the one I want. Because that's where I'll be blessed at. Yes. <laughs> the next day the job was gone. I didn't even call my phone. That was hard. I'm a fun gal, right? <laughs> and then I had to remind myself in the spirit, I want the one that God wants me to have. That's a desire of my fleshly desire. That's okay to have those as long as they come under the subjection of what God wants me to have because that's where I'm going to be blessed. So inquire what God wants us to have. So a lot of times we're fighting battles and we're expecting a victory to happen, but we don't ever inquire from God what he wants us to do in the midst of the battle. They're in the midst of fighting for their family's life. And he stops and says, God, what do you want me to do? Most people say, let's go get them, right? And the, or they'll be like the mighty men were and blame the leader instead of the devil, instead of the enemy, instead of the flesh, because your flesh gets you in trouble. It has nothing to do with the devil. It's just pure flesh, right? <clears throat> Adam, God, it's this wife you gave me. Right? And blame our spouses, blame our kids, blame our bosses, blame our pastors. I know none of you never, you never have done that. I've never. <laughs> the lion. We've done it, right? But then we need to step back for a second and say, what was my part in this? How did I play this role? Right? I wouldn't have yelled at you if you didn't do this, if you wouldn't have done that. I'm sorry for yelling at you. I should have never done it. Case closed. The end. Right? I'm sorry for punching the hole in the wall. We talked about that earlier. I should not have done it. I will fix it. It shouldn't be I'm sorry. I apologize. But if you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done that. So I made you act a fool, right? So I made you cuss. So I made you, you know, quit your job or throw something or whatever it is, right? My, our kids are like, but they did it too. I'm like, no. What did you do? I don't care what they did. What did you do? We try our best to get their distraction off of what everybody else is doing. God is too. It's what are you doing? How are you handling this? It doesn't matter what your kids are doing. It doesn't matter what your spouse is doing. It doesn't matter what your boss is doing. It doesn't matter what your coworkers are doing. It matters what you're doing. Because you can't walk into victory as long as you're blaming everybody else. And you can't walk into victory if you're holding on to resentment. Can't. If things aren't happening, and I've learned this, if things aren't happening like I think they should be happening, you know, my flesh wants to blame everybody and everything and, you know, COVID, the government, whatever. It's easy to go there. But then I have to say, wait a minute, God, what have I done? How can I handle this differently? And when David was inquiring of the Lord, he was saying that. What do you want me to do, God? I don't care about these people that are coming after me. I don't care about anything else. What do you want me to do? 
so that I can have the victory and have my family back. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't count me out. Just like the KU team, people were counting them out. People want to count you out. They do. The world wants to count you out. They want to look back and say, yeah, I knew they wouldn't make it. They want to say that. It's in them. Tell yourself, don't count me out. I have a fam- we have a family member who's given his heart to the Lord several times. Several times. A lot. <laughs> and every time he does, I'm joyful. I'm praising God. Because I know the goodness of God, and I know what God can do in somebody's life. And when they backslide and go back to that old life, someone looked at me one time and said, I knew he was going to do that. I'm like, I didn't. And they're like, what? His, his track record is backsliding. That's his track record. But I expect God's power to change his life forever. If he walked through these doors, and he's come here before, If he walks through those doors and gives his heart to the Lord, I would look at him and say, I'm glad to have you home. Right? I mean, his own mother even said that. I knew he was going to do that. I'm like, I didn't. And she looked at me like I was nuts. I expect God's power to work in his life just like it did mine. That man is not off this earth. There's still time for him to be saved. I'm still praying for him. You know, when he lived with us and he stole from us, I was aggravated, but I prayed for him. Right? Still love him. Still going to pray for him. Still expect God's power to work in his life. Hallelujah. So don't blame everybody else around you. And I want to say this. Your, your attitude is a direct indicator of what you believe. I'll say it again so you can write it down and highlight it. Your attitude is a direct indicator of what you believe. So if you have a bad attitude, that's what you believe is happening in your life. I don't have grumpy days. Even if I wake up grumpy, I tell my flesh to get in line. You don't have a right to act like that. Get up. Stop being grumpy. Stop acting like that. Quit having a bad attitude about that. Quit complaining about that. And when we have evidence in the children of Israel complaining, and they stayed in the wilderness 40 days, I don't want to be walking around some mountain for 40 years. I don't want to be walking around some mountain for 40 years. I want my answer. So change my attitude, Holy Spirit. Show me what I need to change. Amen? I want the victory now. I don't want to wait 10 years. I want to walk it out now. So I'm checking my attitude. I have an attitude adjustment all the time. Every day I adjust my attitude accordingly to the word of God. Amen. We don't want to go into a fight of our lives <laughs> with an attitude of, well, I probably won't win, but I'll give it a try. I play to win Amen. in life, right? And that's the way a believer should play. We are in it to win it. I always say when we, we used to play sports and stuff periodically back in the day and um, uh, pastor, we'd, sometimes we'd play co-ed. And I'm like, I'm on pastor's team. 
Pastor might not have been the best player on the team, but he was in it to beat everybody. He didn't care if he took them down and caused blood. He's going to win. I'm like, oh, no, on your team. That's half, the attitude's half the battle. He, he expected to win. That's the team I, I'm moving right on over here. Well, God expects us to win. Yes. yes. On God's side. Yes. <laughs> You're over there. Okay, I'm going to stay right here because this is where the victory is. It's already been staged. You, no matter how hard you fight, you're not going to win if you're not on God's side. Amen. You might seem like you're North Carolina coming in and winning, right? <laughs> oh, too late. <laughs> I'm on the winning side. Amen? The, I, I love the, the verse that says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. And I quote it all the time. And, and I tell people, well, it doesn't, you know, you'll never get it if you don't ask for it. You're never going to have it if you don't ask for it. And uh, we had went to a conference years ago, <clears throat> and they taught us ask because, you know, the Bible tells us we should ask, but the worst that's going to happen is they say no. That's the worst that's going to happen, right? And so that was always, been, the worst that's going to happen is they say no. And I said this to somebody last week, and they were wanting something from an administrator or something in the school. And I said, ask them. Well, I don't know if they'll do it. For, I said, if you don't ask, you'll never get it. Right. I said, the worst they're going to say is no. And the Holy Spirit checked me and said, you say that a lot. And I said, yeah, I do. That's the worst they're going to say. And the Holy Spirit said, don't fall into, yes, that is true. That's the worst they're going to say. But don't fall into the expectation that they might say no. When I go and ask, I need to ask with an expectation of the yes. Okay? When I was a kid and I'd go ask my mom for something, I would expect the no. And, uh, it was, but I, I knew if I didn't ask to go swimming or whatever it was we wanted to do, uh, if I didn't ask, I was never going to do it, but, you know, there was a big chance she was going to say no. I don't want to approach God and God's word with that attitude. The worst thing he's going to do is say no. He said, ask and you shall receive. If it's in his will, it's mine. If it's in his will, it's yours. Amen. So ask and expect a yes. I don't know if I'm going to win this battle or not. Expect to win the battle. Expect to walk out the victory. It's important for us to see how God sees us, how he looks at us, how he defines us. God, God doesn't see us down. He sees us up, Right? And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says we're, we're to be above only and not beneath. Yes. I love that he put only in that verse. You're to be above only. There's no other option. Only. If your mama said you only get one cookie, you better only get one cookie, right? 
I, I swear my mama had them counted out. Well, we had six kids, and she did. You know, we each got a certain amount of whatever it was. And if we got more, the fight was on. I mean, WrestleMania. If I got two cookies and somebody else got one, the fight was on. So if mama said get one, you got one, right? Only get one. God is saying, you're above only. Case closed. He didn't even really need to put in there and, and not, not beneath. Okay, he said it, settled. I mean, he did put it in there to show us, but only. God wants us up. He doesn't want us down. God doesn't want us sick. He wants us healed, right? By his stripes, we were healed, right? God doesn't want us poor. He wants us prosperous. It was him that gave us the power to get wealth. That wasn't my idea. It was his idea. Yeah. It's okay to have money. Tell yourself that, please. It's okay to have money. It's okay to have a lot of money. Here's the reason why. Genesis chapter 12. You are blessed to be a blessing. That's the end goal of all your money. It is. I am so rich that I'm a blessing to everybody around me. That's his purpose. It's not to hoard riches upon myself and go buy me all the latest gadgets and cars and all that. It's okay to have that. But it might be in a blessing in return. Right? So uh, he he wants us blessed. He wants us prosperous. He doesn't want us poor. He doesn't want us to lose... He wants us to win. Amen? So then you win some and you lose some. No, we do not. I, as a believer, win every time. Amen. Right? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Right? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He gave it to you. We believe that for, for you know... Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? We believe that. Well, he gave us the victory too. So we need to believe that. I win every time. How about you? I win every time. I'm on the winning side of this thing. It seems like God blesses you every time you turn around. Yes, he does. It's all God. He caused me to be a winner. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at God. He said it. He did it. Right? I'm winning. You're winning. But here's the thing. We have the victory. David got the victory over that situation. We have the victory. He gave us the victory. The victory is a product of your vision. If you don't have a vision, it's hard to get into the victory. We've seen David get to a place where he could see what God wanted him to do, and he got the victory. Amen? I'll say that again. Your victory is a product of your vision. It builds something inside of you to see yourself winning over that situation, over that challenge over that sickness, right? Over that financial obstacle. you, You can start seeing yourself get there. 
Vision means revelation. It reveals something to you. Amen? You need to see yourself victorious before it ever happens. You're not victorious by accident. Just so happened that it came to pass. God planned it from the get-go. He planned a triumphant life for me. He planned a victorious life for you. Amen? Amen. From the day one, he said, that person right there is going to be victorious no matter what happens. No matter, how, no matter their upbringing, no matter what goes on in their life, no matter what everybody has done to them, they are going to be victorious. Amen. He planned it from the get-go. Now, things happen in life. You know, we can all probably compare our childhood and how some of us had some crazy, disastrous childhood. That wasn't our fault. People were in charge of imparting the call of God on our life and imparting the wisdom and the knowledge of, of the word in our life. They didn't do it. Can't be mad at them. They didn't know. But we know. Somewhere along the line, somebody introduced us to Christ, introduced us to the word of God, right? Introduced us to the Holy Spirit. We found out in his word that he gives us the victory. We don't have to be that person anymore. We don't have to live like that anymore. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. I am not that little girl on Dickens Street just a few blocks from here. That's not who I am anymore. You're looking at the winner. I am completely different than that person. Right? But a lot of times people stay trapped in that. Make excuses, blaming, right? We don't want to be that person. We want to recognize, hey, one day I knelt on my floor in my little shack by the river <laughs> and gave my heart to the Lord, and my life has been changed ever since. Amen. I haven't been the same, right? I've been winning step by step, just winning a little bit here and a little bit there, yes. right? They were little victories, and now they're bigger victories. <laughs> Just recognize it. Walk through your living room and just think, praise God, I used to live in a house that leaked every time it rained. We pulled out all the pots. We had to position Larry Gale's baby bed around where it leaked in the ceiling so he wouldn't get wet when it rained. Thank God I don't have a house that leaks anymore. Amen. That ain't nobody but God. <laughs> Amen. Thank God you're in a brand new house. Amen. Right? Thank God. Nicest house you've ever had. Do a happy dance around it. It's all God. Your dogs will go right with you, I'm sure, Bentley. We need to be rejoicing. Hey, I'm a winner here. It's not about how big it is. It's not about how much it costs. It's about I'm not living that same life that I was living in misery anymore. I'm not bounded by alcohol anymore. I'm not bounded by drugs anymore, right? I'm not bounded by an abusive relationship. I'm not bounded by poverty. I'm not bounded by sickness. Whatever it is that you don't have to answer to anymore, I'm going to rejoice because he's delivered me. He's made me the victor over this. Amen? God is good. David was able to say that because he, he said... Uh, I would have fainted, but I already believed. Right? 
It's too late, devil. When the devil's talking, you need to say, it's too late, devil. It's too late. I, I already believed. He's already been too good to me. He's already done so much for me. You can't make me think anything different. When he comes to steal, and he, and he does, he tries, and, and maybe it's happened, okay? You need to set your foot down and say, you're not going to do it again. You're not going to do it again. I'm done with that. I'm done with losing. I'm done with being in heartache. I'm done feeling like the victim. God said I was the victor, and that's who I'm going to stay. Yes. Set him straight. Tell him. It, he's the one you're allowed to tell off. Okay? He's the one you're allowed to give him a what for. Let him know his place. Because if you don't, he's going to run around. He's going to want to ride. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 29. Victory is mine. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 29. I'm going the wrong direction. And let's, let's read verse 18. It says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. <clears throat> if you don't have a vision from God, and I, and, and I mean like where God wants you to go, where he's taking you, right? If you don't have that vision where he wants you to go, whatever it is you're thinking about will perish. I've, I've seen people talk to me about businesses that they want to start. And uh, this one person had this business that they wanted to start and they showed me a few things and I encouraged them and they just let it sit there on the shelf. And that was it. They had a couple little pieces of paperwork that they had. They never filled out the forms. They never did anything after they showed me. It just sat there. So their vision their vision became dim in that area, and it, it, that thing died. And now I have this other person that has this vision, and it's a great vision, and it has great potential. And I'm trying to encourage that person every step of the way, do it, do it, do it, do it. And... It is up to that person if they run with it or not, if they take it to the next step. And I hope they do, but it's on them, you know. But if we don't have a vision and we keep it before our face, it will fade away, and whatever that dream is or whatever that desire is or whatever that victory is will perish, right? So, but let's look here. And read the rest of the, the scripture. It says, where there's, no vision, uh, where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Happy, happy, happy. Amen? Why are they happy? Because they're fulfilling the will of God in their life. And where the will of God is being fulfilled, there is joy beyond measure. And that's why they're living a good life. That's why they're living a joyful life. That's why they're living a happy life. 
because they're fulfilling the plan of God in their life. And in order to know his will, we have to know his word. We have to know what he's saying. It, it's hard to hear from the Holy Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit if we don't know his word. The more that we know his word, the more we know his voice. Amen. So when we get the word in us, our, our pastors don't teach us to study the word just so that we know how to say a scripture, which we should. But it's so that we can hear God's voice. We can be led by the Holy Spirit because that's, God speaks his word. The Holy Spirit directs us by his word. And if we don't recognize the word, he can't, he can't direct us. So we've got to know it. So our vision is attached to knowing God's word, knowing his word. So if our, we got to have the word, we got to have the vision, and then we have the victory that comes with it. How do we acknowledge him? David acknowledged the Lord. How do we do that? We pray. That's one way. Another way is the leading of the Holy Spirit. I, one of my confessions is I'm quick to hear and I'm quick to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit because he directs my path. And some days I stand up and I, in my front room and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. Direct me, Holy Spirit. Show me what I'm supposed to do today. Show me what I'm supposed to hear today. Who am I supposed to talk to about, about you today? If it's a situation I'm, I'm in, you know, good or bad or whatever, what do you want me to do here? I'm acknowledging him, right? I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit says to do it, I have to do it. I'm standing before you today. I haven't always done it. I haven't listened sometimes, and I don't think I'm the only one in here. You know, the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me that. I don't want to be that person anymore. <laughs> That's a hard old way. Going around the mountain. <laughs> I want to listen to what he has to say. I want to go the direction he has me to go because that's where the victory is. <laughs> victory is a, pro a product of our vision. And vision is connecting to hearing, hearing the word. Amen? And words transmit images. Words have pictures of what we're trying to express. For example, when someone's telling you something or showing you how to operate something, um, they, they're telling you, and the next thing you know, you're saying, oh, I see that. You didn't see anything. They just told you with the word. But you've seen it mentally, right? As we speak God's word, we see it spiritually. It's showing us pictures and images spiritually. Amen? And we see what God sees. See what God wants us to go, where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do, how he wants us to respond. The more word we get in us, the more we see his vision for our life. Amen. Um, so we got to get ourselves hearing the word. Not only hearing our pastors, not only hearing it, you know, in other ministers, but hearing ourselves say it. Hearing ourselves read it. Hearing ourselves respond with it. I, I have a great lunch group. <clears throat> we talk about everything. But there's days that we, we talk. And I said, well, you know, the, the Bible says they all are churchgoers. I said, well, you know, the Bible says. And they start laughing. One girl's like, tell us what it says, Marie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me tell you what it says. Right? 
She does. She gets. She sets up at attention. She's like, "Tell us what what it says." She gets excited about it. One time, I there was a situation going on, and this lady, she was upset. She was what I was talking about earlier, and she was just mad as mad could be over uh, over this person, and it didn't amount to hill of beans. And I said, "I can see you're really upset about this." And she goes, "I am." She said, "A lot of people feel this way," and I said. I see that, and I understand what you're saying. And she's like, almost like steam coming out. She was so upset. I said, well, you know what? The Bible tells us that the younger need to learn from the elder, right? The younger women need to learn from the elder. And I said, as you being a more experienced teacher, maybe you can go to her in the love of Christ and talk to her about how to handle that situation. And one says, you do it, Marie, you do it. And I said, I'm not the one that's upset with her. So it will be no good. I said, if you're upset, go teach her with the love of God. And it calmed her down. Next thing I know, she's apologizing to everybody about her attitude. She said, I'm sorry. I want the best for that person. They're getting it. Changed her direction. Amen. We've got to use the word of God to help us. Yeah. Not use it to fight against our fight against us in the fight. Sometimes we get it and we use it against ourselves or we'll use it against somebody else and it's not helping the situation. We need to use it the way the Holy Spirit is directing us to use it. So we need to hear the word. We need to see what that word is transmitting in our lives. In Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, write the vision and make it plain, and he who sees it will run with it, right? What that means is that they're seeing the word, they're reading the word, they're saying the word, and they're building faith. They're building faith, amen? And so we want to have a vision before our face. There is nothing wrong with writing something out and reading it every single day. There's nothing wrong with it having that scripture or having what God tells you you're going to do every single day. We read it, we run with it, we act on it, right? We believe it. Then the answer or the supply comes. And then that's the victory. That's the victory. I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with a few scriptures I want to read you. Philippians 4. And verse 13, 4.13, I'm going to let them pull it up on the screen, if you would. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That is a staple. When you go to the grocery store and get your milk, I get my almond milk or your bread or whatever it is you get, it's a staple. Anytime there's a snowstorm, it's wiped out, right? (laughs) That should be the one you grab every single time. First on the list. First on my list is my milk for my cereal in the morning. Coconut milk right there. Or almond milk. I don't do the coconut. Almond milk right there. That's, my, that's the first on my list. That's the first on my list. Don't think I can? I can. Think I won't and I will. Right? Amen. Sister Debbie years ago looked at her brother and said, Think I can't? And I can. Think I won't? I will. That's stuck with me ever since. Praise God. Because God said I can do all things. 
I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Next scripture, if you will pull it up, Pastor Michelle read it this morning. I'm going to read it again. 1 John 5.4. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer living in the victory. Amen? For for whatsoever is born of God, are you born of God? Overcomes the world. No matter what this world does, I've overcome it because of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Did you read that? Did you highlight it? Did you underline it? (laughs) This is, because I'm born of God, that's my victory to overcome this world. Our faith, amen? I have faith in the word of God. I have faith that God is faithful to do exactly what he's promised. That makes me an overcomer. Every time I turn around, I'm overcoming. Amen. I'm I'm walking in the victory. You might as well give me the trophy because I've won. Another scripture, please. Mark 9.24. This was was when uh, they told uh, God, I think we're in the wrong. Mark, I'm sorry. Mark 9.24. I think I have the wrong scripture. Let's do 25. Do 23. Let's do 25. Let me get there. (laughs) It's 23. 23. Jesus said unto them, If thou canst believe, they were were coming uh, to Jesus and telling him, If you can believe, then this can happen. We cast out the uh, demon spirit. And Jesus said, "If, If thou can believe, right? And I love what he says here because this applies to everybody, not just him. He says, all things are possible to him that believes. He wasn't just talking about himself. He was telling it to us. All things are possible if you believe. Well, that tells me right there it has something to do with my belief system, right? Uh, When you're fixing something on a car, you've got to find out where the problem is at. If I'm not getting things accomplished that's supposed to be done, I need to find out why, right? Pastor Michelle mentioned about Netflix and, you know, watching a whole series. <laughs> Guilty. How come you didn't get your house clean? Because I watched a whole series on Netflix. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> if we're not doing things that God wants us to do, we might check the scripture right here, Right? All things are possible to him that believeth, that believes. Where's my belief? Check my belief system right now. Is it operating right? Do I truly believe that I can do that? And if I don't, then I need to encourage myself in the Lord and find those scriptures, right, to build my faith up, amen? So that's a victory scripture right there. When the world is telling you you can't, you say, wait a minute, I already believed. David said, I would have fainted, but I already believed, right? And the last scripture, let's go to Deuteronomy uh, 20 and 4. Chapter 20, verse 4. Hallelujah. And it says, For the Lord your God is He, uh, for the Lord your God is He that goeth with you. So that's saying God is with us, amen? To fight for you against your enemies and to save you. In the NIV and a lot of other translations that I was coming across says to, um, to give you the victory. <laughs> it 
It, sa- it says to give you the victory. He'll go with you. He'll fight your enemies against, that are against you, and he'll give you the victory. I am walking in victory. Say that. I am walking in victory. There is no other stance that you should take. None. I'm a winner in this situation. If you're doing what God has told you to do, you should be winning. Now, if you're out of the will of God, that's a different story. Did God tell you that? Did God tell you to go get that job? Did you get the blessing from God for that vehicle? Right? We should be praying over those things. I don't want to buy the wrong vehicle. Right? I don't want to get the wrong job. I've got to spend a lot of time on that job. I don't want the wrong job. I've got to spend a lot of time in that car. I don't want the wrong car. Right? So we need to pray. Is that the right person I'm supposed to be hanging out with? I've had a check over my life. I don't need to be hanging out with that person anymore. They, make, they pull the bad out of me. Amen. Or they put the bad in me, I should say, because God has saved me and washed me clean. <laughs> There's no more bad in me. Amen? But they, they don't need to be adding to. Do I need to hang out with them? Right? Do I need to go over here? Do I need to do this or that? I want to be in the victory. So if I want to do that, then I'm going to have to acknowledge him. I'm going to have to consider him. And then when he tells me, do it. When he shows me, get it. Right? If he's telling me to buy something, buy it. If he's telling me not to buy it, don't buy it. I mean, I bought this dress one time. It's so cute. And it was a very 1990s kind of outfit, suit, outfit, dress. And uh, I, I liked it for about three months. And then I hated it. And I'm like, why did I buy that? It was an impulse buy. And anybody been shopping with me, I'm on a mission. I want to get what I get. I, I'm not going to go look. Once in a great while do I look. And I usually go in there, get what I want, and get back out. Saves money in my pocket. By the way, if you do that, money, money, money in my pocket. Um, but I didn't like the stress, and I ended up giving it away to somebody, and it was cute, but it just wasn't for me. And I thought later, I'm like, Lord, I and I paid full full price for that. I didn't even get a sales price for that dress, and so it hurt to give it away because it was full price. <laughs> shouldn't be, shouldn't hurt, but it did back then, and. Uh, I, I got to thinking, why, why did I buy that dress and then end up not liking it just a couple months later? And God said, you didn't ask me. I'm like, what? It's a dress. You didn't ask me. And so now when I go get something and I try it on, I say, God, what do you think? <laughs> right? Do anybody do that? Go shopping with your girlfriend and say, hey, you step out of the dress. What do you think? Should I get it? What do you think? Right? Now, if it's a good girlfriend, she'll tell you no. <laughs> if you really shouldn't get it. <laughs> tell me. Um, Pastor Marie, no. But uh, we should consider him in all things. We should acknowledge him in all things. And then I want the victory. I want what God has for me. I want to live the prosperous life. I want to live what he says I can live. I want to go where he says I can go. I want to have what he says I can have. I want to bless 
who he says I can bless. Amen. Do I have any victories and victors in here this morning, uh, tonight? Good. Praise God. I'm in the right place. Amen. Amen. Surrounded by victors. But I want to challenge you next time you face that situation that you're facing. Don't let your thoughts run wild. Get control of them. Don't let that person or that thing talk to you and get in your head and you wrestle with it all day long. Stop immediately and start rejoicing. Stop immediately and praise the Lord. And then say, God, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to handle this? Do I need to drop it, leave it, let it go? A lot of times, that's the answer. It's no big deal. Quit making it a big deal. Or should I pursue it? Should I cut it off? Should I take the job, right? Then the victory comes. Whatever he says, do. I mean, Mary was smart enough to tell people, whatever Jesus said, do it. Because the answer's coming. (laughs) Whatever God says, do it. Whatever the leading of the Holy Spirit says, do it. Amen. Let's pray. Let's stand to our feet, please. Hallelujah. We'll close with this. Lord, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we will face that responsibility of acknowledging you and acknowledging your word. And Lord, we declare that we are quick to hear and quick to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We open up our eyes, spiritual eyes, to see what you want us to have and what you want us to do, that we may walk in the victory. And Lord, we give you praise tonight for that victory. We thank you, Lord, that we are victorious in every area of our life. And we give you praise and the glory and the honor. And the church says,